الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيد الأولين والآخرين وإمام الصالحين صلاة الله والسلام عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن اتهدى بهديه وتسنى بسنته حتى يوم الدين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله Welcome back, Alhamdulillah, every Tuesday, inshallah, um, to our, our reading through the book of uh, Imam An-Nawi, Rahimahullah, Riyadh Salihin. Inshallah, before we um, continue our, our reading of this book, uh, it would, uh, it's compulsory upon me to remember Al-Alama, Al-Mujaddid, Shaykhi wa Ustazi, Dr. Yusuf Al-Qaradawi. Dr. Yusuf Qaradawi, alhamdulillah, I visited him in his home, spent time with him, alhamdulillah. Um, I remember one time I came dressed in this Azhar outfit. And he saw me, he said, Da Amriki, da yalbis al-ka'kul al-azhariya. He said, this is Amriki, the American guy is wearing an Egyptian outfit. He made me take a picture with him. Then I said to him, Sheikh Surah Haram Haram. I was joking with him. He took a picture. I said, Our picture is Haram Haram. He said, Read my book, Halal and Haram in Islam. So the Shaykh, mashallah, was a very kind person. Uh, but more importantly, Dr. Yusuf Qaradawi is what we call a Mujaddid, a reviver of the deen, the hadith of the Prophet, related by Imam Ibn Majah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every 100 years, meaning of the hadith, Allah will send someone to the ummah to revive its deen for them. Thank you, Barakallah Thank you so much. This idea of tajdeed is not something new, it's not like something modernists are making up. Imam Sayyidina Asyuti rahimahullah, he has a poem about who he considered to be up until his time. Imam Masyuti dies 9-11 after Hijri. So he wrote a poem about the different mujaddids throughout the history of Islam. Imam Abu Ala al-Mawdudi, he led the janazah of al-Alam al-Mawdudi in Pakistan, in Lahore, subhanAllah. In his book, the Revivers of Islam, you should read it, it's like four volumes if you speak English, it's called The Revivers of Islam by Maududi, he mentions in there also this idea of Tajdeed and the Mujaddid. And Shaykh Qaradawi, the reason that we say he's a Mujaddid is that he, Rahimahullah, وَلَا أُزَكِي عَلَى اللَّهِ يعني Everybody, of course, has their shortcomings, but that's, that's not the place to talk about someone's shortcomings now. Shaykh Yusuf, rahimahullah, you will not find one da'iyah except some way or another he or she has been influenced by the work of a Dr. Yusuf al-Qaradawi. He wrote more than 180 books. MashaAllah. The second is, and I don't want to make it too complicated, but Shaykh Yusuf al-Qaradawi, he did what a mujaddid does. Because we have to differentiate between tajdeed and tabdeed. Tabdeed is to destroy. 
So sometimes we see people with the name of revival actually they say like tajdeed, tajdeed, I want to revive Islam, but then there's no Islam left. As a shall to be in muafaqat he mentions. So Sayyidina Imam Qardawi, how do we know that he is a mujaddid? Sheikh Ahmed Zarouq in Al-Qawaid, Qawaid Tasawf, he said, Isnaru shayli aslihi, thumma qiyamu bihi bidalilihi khas. Imam Sidi Ahmed Zarouq in Al-Qawaid Tasawf, he teaches this idea of how do you, how do you do what's called taqseel? How do you root your ideas in sharia? And then you, you establish them with their evidences. And this is something that Dr. Yusuf Qaradawi, very rarely you see him say, Aqulu, Aqulu, Aqul. Allah, Qala Rasulullah, Qala Fulan. The second thing is that Dr. Yusuf Qaradawi introduced ideas and terminologies, even though they had their origins in the academic tradition of Islam, he brought words that no one ever heard before. Mustalahat al-Jadida. Like for example, Fiqa Aqaliyat. Fiqa Aqaliyat, which of course, because so many Muslims came to Europe and America and other places, then you had this massive group of people who became Muslim. So Dr. Yusuf Qardawi based on the idea of تَغِيرُ فَتْوَ بِالزَّمَانِ وَالْمَكَانِ وَالْأَحْوَالِ وَالْأَشْخَاصِ A famous idea in the books of Usul al-Fiqh and Fatwa that a fatwa can change according to time and place. So Sheikh Yusuf Qaradawi and Sheikh Taha Jabr, Allah yarhamu. I used to read the Muafaqat to Sheikh Taha Jabr al-Alawani in Egypt, Allah yarhamu. They together presented this idea of fiqh for Muslims that are in their numbers are a minority. Later on, Sheikh Taha Jabra told me, I wish we didn't call it Fuqa Aqaliyat. Because Aqaliyat, first of all, the Mushtaq is wrong. If you know Tasrif al Af'al, you see the problem. This is not the time to talk about that now. The second thing he told me is the word Aqaliyat, it doesn't have Izzah. Right? It doesn't have like a sense of, of pride and honor. And Islam, Lillahi al Izzatu wa li Rasulihi wa li Mu'mineen. Alhamdulillah. So always, even those people, when you meet them and they're in their 90s, they're still interrogating their ideas, mashallah. The other is that Dr. Yusuf Qardawi, even though he's coming at the end of sort of an era of Sheikh Abdullah Daraz, Sheikh Muhammad Abdullah Daraz, like some of the great scholars before who revived the idea of al Maqasid, Maqasid al Sharia. But Yusuf Qaradawi is perhaps the first person to write about the maqasid for the masses, to teach the masses, to care about the, the masses of the Muslims, not just the scholars. So we say, Rahimahullah. Sheikh Yusuf Qaradawi put himself in difficult positions because anytime you take a position between ifrat and tafrit, you're going to have enemies. Anytime you try to be in the middle, the most difficult thing is to balance the structure. You are naturally going to acquire a large number of enemies. Rahimahullah, Shaykh. So he presented the idea of al-wasatiyah, 
the role of the Islamic academic tradition to be an inspiration, not simply blindly followed, the importance of ijtihad in the modern era, the shaykh he created with a number of other luminary scholars, the Majlis of Fatwa al-Uropi, right, the European Fatwa Council, and now, alhamdulillah, I'm lucky to be part of the International Union of Muslim Scholars. The shaykh is behind a lot of these great works, alhamdulillah. And he paid the price. His children were put in prison. Subhanallah. His, some of his family still are in prison for no reason, no charges. Subhanallah. People suffered. So I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant him his ajr in an amplified way and to bless him, inshaAllah, and to unite him with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The most important book any American Muslim can read after the Qur'an and Sunnah is the book of Dr. Yusuf Qaradawi, Islam Between Rejection and Extremism. You should read that book before you join any group. Take bay'ah to any shaykh. Go anywhere to study. You should read that book. It should be taught in Muslim high schools in this country. Islam between extremism and rejection. It's one of the most important books written, subhanAllah, in the last few years. So we say, Rahimahullah, Dr. Yusuf Qaradawi, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to illuminate his grave, inshaAllah. When kana mu'assis al-sahwa al-islami al-mu'asira, intaqala ila rabbi, fa'awladuhu ma'zar mawjudin, alhamdulillah. Hamilin liwa'ah. Even though we can say that one of the heads of the revival of Islam has passed, his metaphoric children are still around, alhamdulillah, carrying this revival, this idea of awakening an ummah and bringing dignity and unity to the ummah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Inshallah, now we're going to move on to Riyadh al-Salihin of Imam al-Nawawi rahimahullah. The Shaykh, we stopped in his introduction, he said, before we were interrupted, alhamdulillah, he said, فَرَأَيْتُ أَنْ أَجْمَعَ مُخْتَصَرًا مِنَ الْأَحَدِيثَ الصَّحِيحَةِ مُشْتَمِلًا عَلَى مَا يَكُونُ طَرِيقًا لِصَاحِبِهِ إِلَى الْآخِرَةِ In my time, we had to memorize books. I don't know now what's going on with TikTok. But our Shaykh from Senegal, if you wanted to study a book, you had to memorize it. And you had to write it. I had to write the Qur'an. Now, if we told people to write the Qur'an, they're going to call 911. Right? In fact, he used to tell me in Senegal, if you wanted to get married, you had to memorize the Qur'an and the Muatta. I told him, Sheikh, nobody's going to get married in this country, man. We can't even memorize the 40 hadith. Why is it American Muslims, we have so much wealth, but we're so stupid? We have so much wealth, but we're so ignorant. But we're arrogant. Like the last time I was here, may Allah bless the brother. He's just cutting me off. Like, I know more than you, bro. <laughs> like, respectfully. And then people say, oh, the sheikh is arrogant. But you box people in. You forced him to be rough with you. Sah. Trying to be nice, trying to be friendly. Just keeps cutting off the dars. That's our problem in this country. We, we bought into American exceptionalism as a community. So we don't really study like 
You go to Senegal, you go to West Africa, Mauritania, you go to Egypt, man. People study the deen. People who, who have very little, they don't have Netflix, Hulu, and YouTube TV, and satellite dishes, and nah, man. But their drive for the akhirah is greater. That's scary, because the more blessings we have, the more we will be asked, why did we not use these resources for Allah? So the problem isn't it's hard. The problem is we're hard on the deen. So the Shaykh he says, After he gave that beautiful introduction, Imam al Nawi says, Then I considered, you know, I thought about an ajma'a, mukhtasaran. Together, together. When he says ajma', that means that he's taking it from different sources, as we're going to talk about again. Mukhtasaran, a summary. Min al ahadith al sahiha. From authentic hadith. And here, and I want to make a very important point here. He mentions the, the goal or the purpose of the book. What's the purpose of Riyadh Salihin? So now whenever you study Riyadh Salihin or whenever you're reading it, maybe as a family, it's a great book to read at home with your family, mashallah. It's important to know the reason behind the book. He says, muhassadan. Right? That this book is mushtamilan. Ala ma yakunu tariqan ila that the reason I wrote this book is that it will contain everything a person needs on the path to Allah. The path to Al-Akhirah. That's the purpose of the book. So if I'm studying Riyal Salihin and I get caught up in debates and arguments about issues, I've, I've, I've missed the purpose of the book. So that's why I'm telling you now, we're going to go quickly through the book. We're not going to go through fiqh. We're not going to spend a lot of time talking because it's not why he wrote the book. He wrote the book, لِيَكُونْ تَرِيقًا لِصَاحِبِهِ إِلَى الْآخِرَةِ So that we, we can live a life for Al-Akhirah. مُحَصَّنَ لِأَدَابِهِ الْبَاطِنَ وَظَاهِرًا That is going to bring together the, the etiquette. Because مَا لَا يُتِمُ الْوَاجِبُ إِلَى بِي فَهُوَ وَاجِبُ there's a great axiom that says, whatever lets you complete an obligation became obligatory. When the people came to the Prophet wasallam and they said, what's the best way to get to Al-Akhirah? What did he say? To obey Allah and be good to people. So he says, this book also is going to contain those things that are related to inner and outer etiquette. Al-Akhlaq. And that this book is going to contain a hadith that inspire us to have hope, but also inspire us to be responsibly cautious, to bring about a sense of fear. He says, as well as the other etiquettes of the Salik, the Salik in our epistemological framework is the one that's on the path to Allah. 
the one who seeks Allah. So now we understand the purpose of the book, to be a reminder of the character and etiquettes and things that we need to be hopeful for and responsible for if we're trying to live a life that is centered about or towards the hereafter. وَمَنْ أَرَادَ الْآخِرَةَ وَسَعَلَهَا سَعْيَهَا وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنْ فَأُولَٰئِكَ كَانَ سَعْيُهُمْ مَشْكُورًا Allah says, who wants the akhirah and strives for the akhirah and they believe, he or she believes, then they are, they are already rewarded, subhanAllah. Like it's already done. You have to, they don't have to worry about anything. Then akhlaq. How do I treat people? How do I treat my wife? How do I treat my children? How do I treat my husband? How do I treat teachers? How do I act amongst brothers and sisters? How do I carry myself? As well as prioritizing things that I need to have hope, hope in, and then things that I need to be fearful of. Tarheeb and tarheeb basically means like, how do I live a responsible life? And the other characteristics of those people who are traversing the path to Allah. In short, Imam An-Nawi, he did something very important in Riyadh al-Salihin. He did ta'seer al-tasawwuf wa manazil al-arifi. Riyadh al-Salihin actually is the dalil for the Sufis. The Sufis who are Sunni. I know that term is a little bit misunderstood sometimes. Because Imam An-Nawi who can min ahl tasawwuf he was from the people of Sufism, but he was a faqih, he was an alim. So in this book, Riyadh Salihin, if you've ever studied, for example, Manazil al-Sa'irin of al-Harari, or Madarij al-Sarikin of Imam Ibn Qayyim, or the Ihya of al-Ghazari, basically what Imam al-Nawawi is doing is providing the evidences for those etiquettes and characteristics that make up the muhsin, the person who lives as though he or she worships Allah so they can see him. And that's important because in his time there was a lot of bid'ah, right? People in the name of tasawwuf were doing weird stuff. Then there were people who were completely rejecting this path. So Imam Sayyidina Imam al nawi he understands that to unite the ummah, is to bring them فرضوه إلى الله ورسوله إن كنتم تؤمنون بالله واليوم الآخر to bring people back to Allah and His Messenger. And that's a great lesson for anyone involved in da'wah. If you want to settle disputes in your community, if you want to unite the hearts of the people, bring them to the Book of Allah. Bring them to the words of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Then he says, rahimahullah. من أحاديث الزهد ومن هنا تفيد البيان يعني. So then he starts explaining like here's examples of like the certain sections of the book that I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on. So hadith related to being indifferent to the world, living responsibly, not living for opulence, living to die, 
not dying to live. وَرِيَاضَةَ نُفُوسَ Hadith to talk about how do we train our soul. وَتَهْذِيبُ الْأَخْلَاقِ And how do we refine our character, become better people. As we're going to talk about today, Jabir ibn Abdillahi al-Ansari, insha'Allah, in his hadith. How even in his, in his late years, man, he traveled to Damascus to learn hadith. He was very old. He wanted to improve himself. An arrogant person doesn't feel the need to improve themselves. So tahdeeb al-akhlaq, like I need to refine and work on myself and improve my character. And hadith to talk about purification of the heart and how to remedy those illnesses. And then how do I how do I bring my limbs into conformity? How do I make sure that I'm using my eyes for the right thing, my hands for the right thing? Everybody wants to be beautiful. Why though? People talk about, I hope, I hope I look good. Why? Oh, stuff for Allah, man. Just yeah, exactly. You want to look good for bad. In Islam, to bring two opposites together is not allowed. So I like it when, you know, I have some young relatives, man. I, big Muslim family, mashallah, on my wife's side, not on my side. I was like, man, I want to have six-pack. Man, I want to look good. Yeah, that's fine. I get it. It's great. But why? I said, man, so I can get... Oh, astaghfirullah. Sorry. I said, yeah, exactly. Sorry, right? Astaghfirullah. You got astaghfirullah, son. But the point is, when you, when you want something that's got that Instagram glitz, ask yourself why. So that's what he's going to talk about. Like, how do, how, do I bring, how do I bring my talents? Nothing wrong looking nice. Alhamdulillah. Allah is beautiful. He beauty. But why? Why do I want to be that? Someone wants to study knowledge. One time I was in Azhar with an American brother. He came and stopped me. He said, I want to come to Azhar so I can be famous. And then he mentioned some famous imams in America. I said, that's not why you come to Azhar, bro. You don't come here to be famous. You come here to learn how to be a better person, how to, how to increase your ibadah. He's like, what? I was like, yeah, exactly. He's like, We're not aligned. was shocked. Then he got mad at me. You asked me a question, bro. He says, And other sections that are going to elaborate on the objectives and the goals of the Arif. The Arif is the one who brings together two things. The word Arif means to know. You lose something in the English because the word Arif is to smell. It's one book we have in the Maliki Madhab. The nice smell. So I like to tell my small students, Arf, Arf, you know? Arf, Arf. Like a dog. Sounds like a dog. Oh yeah, Arf, Arf. Okay. They remember. Arf. That's why, what do you call the 
in the chapter in the Quran that talks about like the plateaus. What's that chapter called? Al-A'raf, because it sticks out. It's from the same word. What do you call a custom in Arabic? Al-Urf. From the same word. Because that smell, it sticks out. The plateau sticks out. The habits of a people, Al-Urf al-Muhakkam. Sticks out. So now the Arif is the one who everything around them stuck out and reminded them of Allah. So just as like when you smell something, maybe you wake up in the morning, said, man, did my mother make aloo parata? If you're from Pakistan, mashallah. We ask Allah to help the brothers and sisters in Pakistan, subhanAllah. 30% of Pakistan is underwater, man, and Afghanistan. I know for me as a convert, is that turkey bacon? Beef bacon? So you smell it, you smell it, you smell it. And then after a while, you arrive to what's called tasdiq. tasdiq. You say, oh man, that is, mashallah. If I'm from Somalia, that's ayun. I know about ayun. Somalis, mashallah. The best tea in the Muslim world is in Somalia. Don't get mad at me. Somalis here right now. Yun, siyatak fi'anna. Alhamdulillah, I can rock with you. I was imam in Boston. I ate the bananas with rice. I know about it. And the sambusas. But subhanallah, you wake up, you say, is that ayun? They have a sweet in Somali called eat me. Allahu Akbar. Can you get any better than that? Nobody can do keto. So subhanallah, you smell it, you smell it, you smell it. هذا إدراك المفرد تصور العلم كما قال سينا الأغدري هذا إدراك المفرد Oh man, that is beef, bacon, halal bacon, mashallah. At the moment you know it, it's called tasdiq. That's why it's called arf. So the arif is the one who metaphorically becomes familiar with all the signs in this dunya. As tasawarat. And the conclusion of that, يَتَفَكَّرُونَ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ رَبَّنَا مَا خَلَقَتَ هَذَا هذا تَصْدِيقٍ So just like you smell something and you know it, the arif is from the same word, the arif is from arf. The one who their heart, my teacher you say, their heart smells, subhanAllah, rubitullah. And they know Allah. So they conclude, رَبَّنَا مَا خَلَقَتَ هَذَا بَاطِلًا Allah, you did not create this for nothing. So save us from the hellfire. Let us use this purpose correctly. So that's when the shaykh, he says, Al-Arifin. So one of our teachers should say there's a difference between Al-Arim Bila wa Arifun Bila. Al-Arim Bila sahibu riwayat. Arim, the one who knows a lot of riwayat, this, 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 this person said this, I can argue with you about this imam, that imam, this shaykh, that. But you never see them at Fajr. Subhanallah. Maybe you live next to the masjid. That's not to judge them, but we should be careful of this behavior. But the arif is the one who has riwayat and has the ilm, but translates that into reverence and good character. To be a good person. Not to feel that their knowledge makes them better than somebody. Then he says, Rahimahullah wal tazimu. 
Sheikh, he says, so therefore I have determined to only mention authentic hadith min al-wadihat. What does he mean by al-wadihat? Wadihat shifa li mawsuf mahdhufa. Riwayat al-wadihat or al-ahadith al-wadihat. So I'm only going to mention those narrations that are very clear. That's why I said, I'm not going to get into fiqh. I'm not going to get in too much into aqidah. The purpose of this book is tazkid to nafs and to head to the hereafter. Those things, mashallah, you have great teachers. This area has so many, alhamdulillah, great, great scholars. Your only imam that you can benefit from, alhamdulillah. Unless it's like really important or somebody asks. Mudafan. Said the narrations that I'm taking to bring about this text are from famous books which are authentic and well known. And last week, well, two weeks ago, we started to talk about the sources of Riyadh Salih. It's very important. Like, for example, the 40 hadith of Imam al Nawi, he didn't write that. Uh, Abu Amr ibn Salah, he wrote the first 23 hadith. It doesn't take anything away from Imam Anawi. It just you, you have to be aware of like history of a text. So you can appreciate the text. And the end of Riyadh Salihin, was, uh, 40 hadith, was finished by Al-Hafid ibn Rajab al-Hanbali. So actually, when you're reading the 40 hadith, it's been peer-reviewed by three great people. That's how you should think about it, right? Also, Riyadh Salihin. Sayyidina Imam Anawi he relied on two very important books. The first, Al-Jama' Bayna Sahihain of Al-Hafid Muhammad ibn Futuh al-Humaydi. He died around 466 after Hijri. What he did is very important. And it's actually printed now, mashallah. He took Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim and he listed it by Sahaba. Each hadith, radiallahu anhum, then he said, like, Abu Huraira, he mentioned these hadith, da, 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 da. and then he said, but here, in Faradabihi al-Bukhari, in Faradabihi Muslim. Bukhari, this is his wording. Muslim, this is his wording. And ancient scholars used to memorize this book. Because if you memorized it, you basically memorized Bukhari and Muslim and the infirad of Bukhari and Muslim. And it made it easier for people. It made it easier for them. Although sometimes, subhanAllah, rahimahullah, he made a few mistakes. Al-Humaydi was saying to Imam Anawi, in copying from the text, he followed some of those mistakes. That doesn't take anything away from them. But what we should appreciate is our teachers, our imams, now even, they're not superheroes, man. People make mistakes. The second text we talked about that he relied on is At-Targhib At-Targhib, four volumes. MashaAllah, it's a good book, alhamdulillah, very beautiful book by Al-Hafath Al-Mundiri, Rahimahullah. The bigger challenge is in his narrations from At-Targhib At-Targhib. Because sometimes, for example, there's Isqat in the narration that the writer of At-Targhib Tarheeb narrated, and he followed him in that isqat, left something out that's in the hadith. 
We'll talk about it as we go through the text I'm going to show you. So you can write down notes. I don't want it to be too, too theoretical for you. The second is that Imam An-Nawi, he tried his best to mention from Bukhari and Muslim. So sometimes Al-Hafidh Al-Humaydi, he would say, مُتَّفَقَ عَلَيْهِ وَلَمْ يُخْرِجُهُ Muslim." Sometimes Al-Humaydi, he would say, this is agreed upon between Bukhari and Muslim, but actually Muslim he didn't narrate it. Or sometimes he'll say, this is agreed upon between Bukhari and Muslim, and Bukhari he didn't narrate it. But Sayyidina Imam Anawi, as he mentions here, he says, وَإِذَا قُلْتُمْ مُتَّفَقٌ عَلَيْهِ فَمَعْنَاهُ وَرَوَاهُ الْبُخَارِ وَمُسْلِمْ He followed him in this. And here we can see how much concern the Ummah has for the Sunnah, man. Like who would pick that up? How did someone discover that? They were reading Riyadh Salihin and they themselves were ulama. They said, no, 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 that's not the narration. That, that narration, Muslim didn't narrate it. That narration is Bukhari. Wait a minute, that narration is, is, is Muslim but not Bukhari. So it shows you how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, many of us we think about the preservation of the Qur'an amongst the ulama, the preservation of hadith is how you see preservation of the Qur'an. Just think about that for a minute. The people of hadith, like your imam here, uh, Imam Farhan. The second challenge, as I mentioned, with the Targhib al Targhib, is that Imam al Mundiri, he was like a walking encyclopedia, man. MashaAllah. So he would narrate from everybody. Everybody. So sometimes Imam al Nawawi, Rahimahullah, he will narrate from him. And if in the narration, it says Bukhari, Muslim, Al-Bazar, Ibn Abi Shayba, Malik, so on and so forth. And now he wouldn't mention anyone else. He'll just say, Rawahul Bukhari wa Muslim. But the problem is the wording of the narration of Al-Mundri is from Al-Bazar. Or from Al-Tirmidhi. Or from Imam Abu Dawud. It's not the wording of who? Bukhari and Muslim. That's a problem. So as we go through the text, and now, mashallah, there's prints that have been printed in Arabic, where at the bottom you can find these footnotes now. Where people, alhamdulillah, there was a great PhD done in, in Saudi Arabia, like almost 30 years ago, uh, that talked about this. And then like, as people continued you know, to make printings of Riyadh Salihin, they put this at the bottom in the footnotes. But subhanAllah, it doesn't take, we have, to be, we have to realize, like modernity and secularism is a monster. You cannot make a mistake. Islam doesn't have cancer culture. Islam has redemption. That doesn't mean that people shouldn't lose their post, of course, if they violate certain ethical, moral uh, shortcomings. Absolutely, we're in the middle. We don't need to define ourselves by the right or the left, alhamdulillah. We're prophetic. But subhanAllah, uh, we have to be more patient with one another. We don't need to adopt the uh, rigidness of transmodernity. It's brutal. It's brutal. It destroys people. It gives them no hope. Look in the Quran with Abu Sufyan and Hind. 
Allah said, if Abu Sufyan and his wife repent, they're Muslim. How? You know, when you read the verse sometimes, it's like, how? Because you don't, you, just, you don't really like them because of what happened to Sayyidina Hamza at, in, the, in the context of that murder. <coughs> but Allah gave them the door of redemption. That's why Shawqi, Ahmed Shawqi, when he talked about the Prophet Ali Salatu Salam, he said, Akhuka Isa da'amaytan faqamalahu wa anta ahayta adyalim al-rimami. He said, Sayyidina Isa, your brother, he, he caused people to come to life who were dead by the will of Allah. But you, Muhammad, you brought generations of people to life through hope in Allah. La taqnatu mi rahmati la. One time, Sayyidina Ali, in his time as Khalifa, someone was, his son was very bad. And as they were burying him, you know, people were making Rahimahullah, Rahimahullah, Rahimahullah. And then, subhanAllah, uh, some people said, no, don't say Rahimahullah. That, that kid, he was very bad. At the, at the grave, subhanAllah. And so his father, he, he became depressed, like, they're saying, my father, my son will not be forgiven. I know he was a bad person. He used to drink, whatever. So they brought him to Sayyidina Ali. Sayyidina Ali said to him, those people are a bigger enemy to you than shaitan, man. In fact, one of my teachers should say, it is shirk, theoretical shirk, to restrict the mercy of Allah based on the parameters of a dunya. Rahmati wasi'at kulli shay. Yaghfiru li man yasha wa yu'adhibu man yasha. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Imam Manawi doesn't take like anything away from him. And there's etiquette in this. That's why Al-Hariri uh, in his mulha, he says, وَإِن تَجْلَ فِيهِ عِيبًا فَسُدَّ الْخَلَلَ فَجَلَّ مَنْ لَا فِيهِ عِيبٌ وَعَلَى Al-Hariri, he's going to hear about him maybe later tonight in Mulhatul I'rab. He said after he wrote the poem in, in Arabic, he said, you know, if you find mistakes in it, then fix them, shore them up. But blessed is the one who he has no mistakes, the transcendent Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So be patient. Oh man, one imam, he gave a talk and, you know, he, he used some word. I'm done with this imam. You're the one who lost. You know, I was praying, one day I said salam to the imam, and he looked at me weird. It's imams, they hate us, I'm through with the masjid, life is over. Be patient, man. Read the story of Madik with Nafi', the mawla of Ibn Umar. Nafi', he was harsh. He, he, his origins weren't Arabic. He used to speak with a lahja, so it's even hard to understand his Arabic. But he was a scholar, and Madik would go to him. And bother him until finally, like, he got through his toughness. He was very tough. He said, like, you know, finally, he, he became, like, nice with me. It took time. So, Imam Anawi, rahimahullah, he's a human being, man. Be patient. How many of us, subhanAllah, he died when he was, like, some say 42, some say 52 years old. Who could write one book like Imam Anawi in a lifetime? Like Al Minhaj. We studied in Dara Ifta. It's an unbelievable book, man. Somebody was yesterday talking about Shaq Qaradawi. 
I said, mashallah, Sheikh Qardawi, he wrote more than 180 books. Can you write one book in Arabic? Oh, man, I don't know Arabic, bro. Like, what are you doing then? Like, do you see yourself? Just worry about yourself. Be as impatient with yourself as you are with others. Then you'll see the haqq. Cancel yourself. And this is not to attack the left or right. I'm, I, I'm, I don't have that issue. Just saying in general. If the right is at war with Muslims, the left is at war with Islam. Then he says, Rahimahullah. Ah. فَالْتَزِمُ أَلَّا أَذْكُرُ إِلَّا حَدِيثُ صَحِيحًا مِنَ وَاضِحَاتِ مُضَافِنَ لَكُتَبَ مَشْهُورًا صَحِيحًا مَشْهُورَاتِ وَأَصَّدْرَ أَبْوَابِ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ الْعَزِيزِ And he said, and I added to it chapters with verses of Qur'an بِآيَاتٍ كَرِيمَةٍ with noble, honorable verses of the Qur'an وَشَحْ إِلَى مَا يَحْتَاجِ إِلَى الضَّبْتِ He said, and at times I'm going to clarify certain things that need, maybe need to be defined. He means here words. And most of the time, Sayyidina Imam An-Nawi took these definitions from Al-Mundri, what he did in the Targhib al-Targhib. In fact, you will find it sometimes verbatim. Certain words. Khalas? وَشَرْحْ مَعْنَ خَفِيٍ بِنَفَائِسَ مِنَ tambihat. And I'm going to explain, you know, some words, some delicate words that need to be, people need to pay attention to. Inshallah, next week we're going to mention the Sanad to Bukhari and Muslim. Inshallah. Hada Sanad, alhamdulillah, bayni wa bayni Bukhari, sabta'ashir faqat. 17 people. Hada man Sheikh Abdul Kareem Kittani, Abdul Rahman Kittani, Ibn Sheikh Abdul Hayy Kittani. And the story of how I got that Sanad and I went to Morocco, it's a funny story, subhanAllah. I had to find him in Fez. Being from Oklahoma in Fez, trying to find somebody, people got, you start looking at you like you're kind of weird, man. You know, big country redneck in Fez, man. Speaking Arabic. But everybody was so friendly. So he said, from Bukhari and Muslim. Then he says, Here we learn something that Imam Anawi, he wrote this introduction before he finished the book. He said, and I hope, you know, inshallah, that when this book is done, that it will be like a driver to somebody to good. And it will be like a, a belt that holds that person back from the qaba'ih wa muhlikat, from evil and destructive qualities. وَأَنَا He said, then he says, I سَائِلُ أَخَانْ And I ask my brothers, is it Imam Anawi talking to us and sisters? Anybody who benefits from it, and يَدْعُوَ لِي To make dua for me. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless Sayyidina Imam Anawi. وَلِوَالِدَيْ And his parents. And he says, وَمَشَيْخِ and his teachers. وَسَعْرِ أَحْبَاب and those beloved to him. وَالْمُسْلِمِينَ أَجْمَعِينَ and all of the Muslims. And he says, وَحَسْبِ اللَّهُ uh, he says, وَعَلَى اللَّهِ 
i'timari wa ilayhi tafwiri wa stinari. He says, upon Allah, I rely and upon Allah, I put my trust. Wa hasbi Allahu wa ni'mal waqeel wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-azizi al-hakeem. But alhamdulillah, we finished the introduction, alhamdulillah. Everything else is going to be easy. And these glasses, by the way, I have a three-year-old who destroys my glasses, mashallah. She has a PhD now in destruction of glasses. So I had to pick these up from CVS. I'm not trying to look like I'm not my age or something. It's not a midlife crisis, brah. This book is made of 20 chapters. These 20 chapters, as we said earlier, the Sheikh, he says that they're going to be a path to the hereafter. So you want to think about each chapter as like something we should all work on, me and you. As we look at this book, we don't want to take this book as like theory. Every week, this is like we're going to the gym. We're going to get like an hour in of intense training. And then throughout the week, we interrogate ourselves. In, in simple terms, we ask ourselves, how am I living? Based on what I heard. So the first chapter, Bab al-Ikhlas. Why would you start with Ikhlas? Why would you start with sincerity? It's the key to everything. Sidna Shaykh, he says, the Bab. Bab means door. But here, Bab, Assalamu alaikum. Ahna wa sahna. Hayakallah. Bab means door. But here means a chapter. One of my teachers, mashallah, when I was reading with him, Taqribu Wusul ila ilmi usuli Shaykh ibn Nujuzay al Mariki. He said, why, why, why did they call it Abwab? And Fusul, Fasl, Bab, Fasl in Arabic, chapter, section, chapter, section. I said, you know, I'm stupid. I said, yeah, Bab means chapter, Fasl means section, duh. Shaykh said, la, 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 la. Because Jannah has abwab. There are eight abwab to Jannah. So every time someone sits to study knowledge, the ulama were smart, like Sheikh Yusuf Qaradawi, Rabbaniyin. It's not just about the knowledge, it's to remind us of the hereafter, to remind us why we're living. So they will call it bab, to remind you and I of intention. Make the intention for abwab al-Jannah. Make the intention for Allah. Number two, he told me, a bab is an entry to someone's home. So he said to me something so nice. The word bab in the books of ilm contains all of the etiquettes of the teacher and the student. Because if we visit somebody's house, how do we act? As soon as we enter their door, how do we act? We act with etiquette. And if we receive a guest in our home, how do we treat them? If somebody visits us, we should honor them. Sayyidina Ibrahim with his guests. So he said the word bab also contains everything that encompasses the etiquette of the student and the etiquette of the teacher. Subhanallah in one word. 
So Sidna, uh, now he says, Babu Ikhlas. Babu Ikhlas wa ihidari niyati fi jami'i al-aqwari wal-amali wal-amali wal-aqwari wa-zahira wa-batina. The section on being sincere and being present, ihdar, to make sure my niya is present in worship. In all that I say and do, whether open or in private. There's two points that need to be made here quickly. The first is, there's a component of this title which is obligatory. Like for example, some acts of worship, we have to have our niyyah, like salah, fasting, the month of Ramadan. But then also there are components of our life where niyyah, sincerity is not obligatory, but is commendable. So when he says, fi jami'i, he means both. Those things that we have to have intention for, like prayers and fasting, and those things where it's commendable. Al-zahir wa batin. In public or in secret. Then he mentions three verses from the Quran. قَالَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ بَعْدَ أَوْذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ And this is a point for people also, for students of knowledge. That Imam Anawi, he didn't read with Hafs and Asim. This is a mistake now in prints of books. Everything's printed beauty white Hafs. It's Quran. But why is that a problem? Because now everybody thinks the only thing in the world is Hafs. Like one time, mashallah, I went to one masjid and they only would allow me to give the khutbah in Arabi. So I gave the khutbah in Arabi. Then I led the salah and I forgot because before I was reading with Shu'ba and Asim, reviewing. So I read with Shu'ba. I forgot. Afterwards, one guy he said to me, MashaAllah, man, your khutbah, your Arabi is so good, but you don't know how to read the Quran? I said, I just gave the whole khutbah in Arabi. I don't know how to read the Quran. He's like, he told me, how is this possible? How did you do that? I said, no, no, it's a different, I, I made a mistake. I didn't make a mistake, but I forgot. So actually, the qira'ah, in the time of Imam Anawi, the most popular qira'ah in the Muslim world, who knows? If you're from Syria, you have to know this, man. Especially if you're from Damascus. Abi Amr al-Dimashqi. Abi Amr, Ibn Amr al-Dimashqi. Through Hisham and through Mdhakawan. The most popular qira'ah in the Muslim world. In fact, one of the early Muslims said to him that I believe this riwayah back to the Prophet is going to be like there'll be nowhere in the Muslim world nobody reads it. You're like everywhere you go you'll find people. Now it's hard to find people who read with riwayat uh, Ibn Amr, Dimashqi, but it's super close to Hafs. That's why our students, when they finish Hafs, we teach them Ibn Amr and then Qalun. And then Ibn Kathir. But it's printed in Hafs and there's not that many differences, but just an FYI. قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُرُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ دِينَ حُنَفَاءَ First verse from Shul Tubayyina. Allah said, they were not ordered. أَيْ وَمَا أَمَرُهُمُ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not order them to do anything except to worship Him. مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ In Arabic we have something called Hal. We have it in English too but it's a little different. Hal is used to show the state of something. سَلَّمْتُ عَلَيْهِ غَاطِبًا Like I gave him salam but I was angry. It's always Mansub, yani. And Sayyidina al-Hariri says, وَالْحَالُ وَالْتَمِيزُ مَنْسِبَانِ عَلَى اخْتِلَافِ الْوَضْعِ وَالْمَبَانِ It's always going to be mansub. But it's meant to show the state of a person. Al-hal. Ibn Malik, he says, Al-hal wasfun fadlatun muntasibu mufhimu fi halin kafardan adhabu we don't want to talk about Ibn Malik and Mulhat al-Arab, nobody will come next week. But the point is, Mukhlisin is showing their state, the condition of their heart and their actions were with ikhlas. Hunafa also. Something important here that most of the ulama said this verse proves that salah and zakah are part of deen. Because the af, the next verse, because the people of Mecca they used to go and throw the bodies of animals on the Kaaba. They thought like, this is going to bring us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So some of the new Muslims, because it's easy to be influenced by the society that we live in, said we should do the same thing. And this verse came. Like the blood and the sacrifice that these people have made is not what reaches Allah. What reaches Allah is taqwa and niyyah. The last verse, قُلْ إِن تُخْفُوا مَا فِي صُدُورِكُمْ أَوْ تُبَدُوهُ يَعْلَمْهُ اللَّهِ Shota Baqara. Allah says that if you show or hide in your heart, whatever, Allah is going to know what's in your heart. Always. يَعْلَمْهُ اللَّهِ This takes us to the first hadith and we have six minutes, inshaAllah. عَنْ أَمِرُ مُؤْمِنِينَ أَبِي حَفْسٍ عُمَرَ بَنِ الْخَطَّابِ From Sayyidina Umar al-Khattab, the son of Nufayr. The son of Abdul Uz, the son of Razah, the son of Abdullah, the son of Qurt, the son of Raha, the son of Adi ibn Ka'b ibn Ulay al Ghalibi al Qurashi, radiallahu anhu. People tell me it's hard to know all the names of the Sahaba. You know the names of the Kardashians? Why ain't that hard? You know the names of whatever rap group is there, or you know the codes to whatever video game is popular, how come that's not hard? Because when something's hard, because we don't love it. But when we love it, it's easy. That's just how life is. This is the first hadith, the hadith of intention. Let's talk about ikhlas, and the next week we have to move quickly. 
The word ikhlas is from a word, as I heard from Sheikh Abdullah Hamoud from Ib. I don't know if you're from Yemen. One of my teachers is from a place called Ib. We used to have, ah, mashallah, we used to have Asid. In the mornings, mashallah, it's really nice Asid. Sheikh Abdullah Hamoud, Hafizahullah, used to say to us that ikhlas is from the word of takhallus. Takhallus min al-shawaib. Aw akhlasa, aw akhlis al-shawaib. To clean, to purify. So what do you see when you go to like Hijaz and you want to buy expensive honey? What's written in Arabic? Asal what? Khalis. Why? It's been purified. Purified honey. So the heart is purified with ikhlas. Imam Abu Hamad al-Ghazari, he said that there are two types of ikhlas. The first is ikhlas related to being near Allah. Like ikhlas and ibadah. And he said that is made up of three things. Whenever I do an action, I do it to be near Allah, meaning Allah's mercy and forgiveness. Number two, ta'zim amrihi. I do it out of respect and love for the command of Allah. This is the opposite of transmodern society, to respect the sacred. And the third, istijab li da'wati, is responding to the call of Allah. So the first part of ikhlas is ikhlas in worship means I'm doing it to be near Allah. I have reverence for the command of Allah and I've answered this call. The second part, and this is where we're going to stop, is ikhlas al-talab. Is why? Why am I doing this act? And he says in Minhaj al-Abideen, for the hereafter. For the hereafter. Inshallah, next week, We'll continue insha'Allah ta'ala. We're going to finish at least probably half, if not all, the first chapter of Riyadh Salihi, insha'Allah. And as we said earlier, we're not going to get into a lot of the side discussions that sometimes, because the purpose of the book wasn't that reason. He wrote the book for to nafs and to, to travel to Allah. As he said, Yakudu tariqan li sahibihi ila al-akhirah. So ask Allah subhanahu ta'ala again, and you them Ajara Shaykhina wa Imamina wa Ustadina Dr. Yusuf Qaradawi. Ask Allah to, we talked about in the beginning, mashallah, visited him in his home, got benefited a lot from him. Ask Allah to forgive him, to illuminate his grave, and to allow awlad al-sahba to continue, was sahwa to continue this effort, inshallah. Ask Allah to bless you, barakallahu feekum, next week, inshallah, 7.30. وصلى الله وسلم على سيدنا محمد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله